Welcome to SBCA's Lumber Connection Podcast, where we discuss today's market and explore tomorrow's trends. Here's our host, Molly Butts. Hello and welcome to Lumber Connection. It's the week of October 2nd, 2023, and I'm in the studio with Justin Benning, Ken Timmons, and Jeff Hoggard. Justin, Ken, and Jeff are from American International Forest Products, or AIFP. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. Hey there, Molly. Hey, Molly. All right. We're back from the show. We're a little bit a week late, but we had a lot of things to get accomplished between then and now. I hope everyone had a great time at BCMC FS. Did you guys have a good time? Phenomenal time. Indianapolis was a it was a, a good city to spend a few days in with uh, people from all over the country. Awesome. Well attended. Great show. Good. I'm glad you guys liked it. And I'm glad that you had lots of folks to talk with. I did talk with a few folks that listen to Lumber Connection. So shout out to all of you that stopped and said something or gave us some comments. We really appreciate it. And I hope you'll keep listening. Let's just get into the topic at hand. That's why they're here, right? So what's been happening in the lumber market over the last couple of weeks? Gosh, where were we? You know, really, it feels like kind of more of the same, but maybe a little more, a little more erosion happening in the marketplace. You know, I've been talking about how two by four has kind of been the shining light in the U.S. South, and that light has definitely dimmed for sure, been trading at a large premium over to any other dimension. And it feels like it wants to come back and get in line with it, all of its brethren. And so that's kind of the feeling outside of that. Every other item has been really just trading off, you know, each week. It's certainly been a grind, you know, the most, you know, the easiest way to say it is supply is, has been outstripping and outpacing where current demand is just kind of, you know, to keep it simple. I think there's a lot of economic fears that are at play and they seem to be strengthening in our markets and those concerns. And so the trade has been happening much like it has over the past year with a just-in-time mentality. I'm going to buy what I need. I'm not afraid of the price. I'm not afraid of my ability to get product when I need it. But I think that mentality then stacked on with less to do less business, not to say that we're not still overall busy, but there's no magic in numbers, right? Housing starts are down. Builder sentiment is down. There's not a big pile of why it can go better versus why it's going to stay this way, or maybe in a little bit more turbulent. That's just the fact of where we're at right now um, as an industry. And so we're kind of in a grind period. I was on the phone the other day with Emila. I think they said it well. It's like, we were partying hard and having a great time for a while. And we woke up the next morning thinking, man, I'm going to have a bad hangover. It's like, I actually feel pretty good still just to realize you're still in party mode, but that hangover hasn't really kicked in yet. We're starting to get some headaches now. This one's it's starting to set in. But so again, I, I, you know, overall, it's definitely a, it's a tougher trading environment without a doubt. We're still selling wood every single day. Mills are still selling wood every day. It's just, it's a more difficult trade, more demanding trade. And the price is certainly not going up right now. Okay. The same thing out of the West. We're running into, I think I, we mentioned it during the last recording. There are mills now not only taking shifts off, but deciding to shut down. Mostly the small ones, or a few of the small ones here right now. We had another announcement today of a smaller mill that is that is just going to flat shut it down due to market conditions and log price. And that's okay. something that will 
again, we've mentioned it, we've talked about it, and we'll continue to talk about it until conditions right size. But, you know, I, you think about the last few years and, and how busy everyone was, and Justin just mentioned it in terms of how the mills felt. Feel, coming in with that invincible feeling, we had mills opening back up in that time frame. And now, you know, these are, some of them are going to have to kind of take a step back, realize the last few years are not the bar now. They are still, you know, they were still up and uh, you know, high above it. We've got to find, you know, where we're actually going to settle now. And so that that's just what we're seeing, at least out West. Yeah, it's just not, it's the markets feels very unexcited. But at the end of the trading day, when we count up all the orders, we're having really, it's hard to say really great, but really decent sales days. Even for Monday of this week was October 2nd. Typically the first of the month is pretty bad while people run inventory reports, kind of plan, you know, typically people purchase around the 10th of the month, give or take a few days. And it's Monday. Yeah, it's a Monday. That's typically a clerk day, right? My job might as well just be said, be called, where's my truck on Mondays of most weeks. And I think, you know, just to give a general barometer, we had over a hundred orders on one, which that's pretty darn good compared to what a normal Monday or beginning of the month would be. Expect that to be more, more measured. There's not excitement in the air. It doesn't feel as strong as it secretly is. Business is still getting done. There's a lot of guys. Mountain States making a hard push before snow flies. California's been a little drowsy, but it's one of the, you know, California is the fifth largest economy in the world if you separate it from the rest of the contiguous 48. Great. Thank you. And, but they've been a little slow, but they're still rolling. Colorado market's been good. Texas market's been good. Arizona's been good. There is quite a bit of substitution going on in the middle of the country for those folks that will substitute between species. There's a lot of that crossover happening mm-hmm. right now. And really, it's almost funny. It's like the, it's like a Game of Thrones episode, the East and the West fighting each other for who's going to sell along the Mississippi River, you know, and it just one side gets a little cheaper each day. And Justin Jeff are completely right. It doesn't look extremely opportunistic over the next month. It doesn't look like the market's going to run from us by any means. It's going to continue to churn along and, and keep moving. So cord stocks hanging in there tough. MSR grades have still been fairly tight across all species, not even just what I do out in the West. Some of those prices are very surprising. I had a quote last week that was significantly overprint. And without even looking at it, I told the mill rep, I said, come on, man, you're jerking me on this one. And then order came in for that truck right there. You know, and it's, the market is kind of dictating those sort of prices, which is interesting. Webstock, on the other hand, is getting super cheap. And pre-cut stats are very cheap near where you would call, quote unquote, the bottom of the market. So Webstock's following that and it's very inexpensive. Not a bad product to go touch long on over the next month if you have the capacity to do so. Okay, well, I'm going to go a little weird direction from there, but we're going to come back to some of this. I want to talk about our canary in the coal mine. So look out the window next door and tell me what you see. What's going on at the closest plant? I'd say outside there, you know, I just did a gander. What I have noticed by not very frequent walks outside it's kind of like the market. There's not a lot of energy over there. Usually yeah. the music's blaring and cars are whipping in and out of the trust plant. And it's kind of been quiet and subdued over there. And I don't see the, the lumber is certainly not stacked high. Okay. Right. Ah, so um, in terms of their inventory, it's very light inventory right now for what Justin's exactly right. That is a facility that runs two full shifts, 
And, you know, when things are going, there is trucks coming out of there every 15, 20 minutes. I did, know? when I parked my truck at lunch, I did hear one of their managers saying they're getting ready to cut AIFP a lot of POs. <laughs> so they're probably going along here anytime. I guess that means I got to go. Yes. <laughs> okay. So you guys are all sort of on the same page, right? Like housing certs are not just factual information, right? Housing certs are down. Builder sentiment is down. Demand is low or lessening. But what we keep hearing on the news is that we need all of this housing. What, like, aside from, you know, third, fourth quarter and end of the year and potentially colder temperatures in some places, what are you guys hearing is driving down the demand from your buyers, from your component manufacturers? It seems like a weird time of the year to have so little. Yeah, well, I think that, the, again, there's so many, you know, I was in, in that meeting with, forgive me, the rep, I believe it was Zonda, the Alley. Oh, Alley Wolf, yes, our econ forecast. A um, lot of factual base. And then, you know, I found it interesting in terms of the inflation numbers, right? Which mm-hmm. being a number at 9% a year ago and being told the number is 3 to 5% today, I said, gosh, does it, does it, I should feel 50% plus better as sure. a consumer day in and day out. And I'll be honest, and I kind of pulled some people, you know, at Booth and some of my customers, some of my colleagues, and I'm like, are you guys feeling that or seeing that? You know, do you feel that relief? And it's like, no, it feels worse. We're still paying $5 a gallon at the pump, eggs and milk, and I'm not going to go yeah. up. My point is the overall economy is weighing on people. And sure. again, we're off in the land for a solid two, two and a half years where it's like, this doesn't make any sense. Well, there's an after effect to that. And we're entering that after effect. Now, to answer your question, I think you've got to bring in the overall, the, the cost, the affordability of housing at seven to 8% interest rates. And the average median home price right now across the United States at just under $375,000. Again, numbers, there's no magic in them. Wages have not increased to the amount that the cost of goods, the cost of housing is at. It's just, it doesn't add up. So while there is a substantial need for housing because we're underbuilt really for two two plus decades, it's hard for people to afford, right? Just yeah. flat, hard. I couldn't, I would be scared to right. enter the market buying a house today. The, the demand so. is certainly there. It's just frozen and unattainable for a bulk of the buyers, which is also creating kind of a vicious two-tiered market. You have younger first-time buyers who can't really strike at 7 or 8% interest rates. And then you have established homeowners with liquid cash that don't need to finance yeah. that can absolutely pick yeah. off the market. And it's keeping the legs of that market up, right? It's kind of, it's working against itself a touch. Well, the demand is there. It's just... The demand, yes. I think your point is exactly right. The, the demand has not gone anywhere. It is... Another big factor that we're seeing is our REITs not partnering with, but but working with the large track home builders and national builders and going in and, you know, setting up whole subdivisions where the REITs are buying every home in said subdivision to set up rent, rental situations or rent to own situations for first time. Mm-hmm. Again, that artificially inflates numbers to make things look better than they are. But again, demand is still there. Some you know, people are going to live somewhere. People are going to People can't live in an apartment with, you know, they have their second, their third child, you know, you, in Ken's case, you want to get a, you want to get a backyard for your dog. You know, it's, they're going to get into homes and this is really 
the easiest way, or at least in the short term, for those first-time home buyers to to do that. Okay. Well, then I have one more question, and that is, we are finally seeing some curtailments. It sounds like not only are we seeing like lessened shifts, but also full shutdown. How does that affect the other mills that we've been talking about coming online for the last couple of years? And there, there have been a list of you know five or six or seven or eight mills that we're going to be coming online. What are you hearing about those? Is that stuff coming to a halt right now? Well, I'll speak to the U.S. South. In terms of curtailment, haven't heard of any curtailment notices from sawmills. However, what the information I've been privy to in terms of the overall cost to produce to be profitable, mm-hmm. something's got to give here pretty soon. This can't, this course can't continue much longer, I would think, before something would change. But in terms of new production that's starting up, I had from a green light go. That that's what all I've heard at this point. And those commitments have been made long ago, and the infrastructure and everything to make that a possibility and a reality from a financing standpoint is already is in place. It's all a go, I think, at this point. But I, I think you've got to, if you're you know in the production business, you got to play the long game right now, knowing factual. We just talked about the demand is needed. Yeah. But this is our industry and this is our business that welcome to the show. You know, this is how it works. The ups, the downs, the goods, the bads, you're, we're in it. And this is just part of the roller coaster ride. So yeah, it's just, I think there's other things. One thing we didn't touch on that's definitely, you know, I've touched on it in, in previous podcasts, but import trade coming into the United States is as low as we've seen it in over a decade in terms of volume and footage coming into the ports. So is that a curtailment? Well, yes, it is absolutely a curtailment. It's just across the ocean, right? So the curtailed where they're running one or three shifts, they're running one. We have mills that are just not running. The EU is not uh, a favorable place economically. The US is still the main destination for product. And with that said, the price sucks, right? The return there. And so what do you see then? You see a heck of a lot less wood. Now, is that a U.S. mill or a Canadian mill that curtailed? No, but it, bottom line is it's less wood that are in the ports on the eastern seaboard in the southeast. That does, that would seem to have an effect. And I think long-term that may help bolster pine at some point. Again, yet to be seen, but that's something to be, you know, it's definitely an important topic of conversation because it does it is a big piece of the overall lumber basket that we have to pull from in the United States. Something to keep note of. And, and you're not going to see it increase the rest of this year. And more than likely, you're going to see uh, no increase, if not just less material for the first half of next year. Okay, so my last question for today is, what is your advice for our component manufacturers over the next couple of weeks? I, w- I would just say it's a good time to observe, right? You don't really need to be impulsive right now plan, get your feelers out, um, and just stick with it. You know, markets like this where end users have very little inventory, wholesalers have very little inventory, markets can change. It's much more nimble, right? When the quote unquote pipeline is thinner, it's more elastic. It's a good time when things are a little more quiet just to get your ducks in a row, make sure your I's are dotted, T's are crossed, and have your plan ready to go. I kind of find it you know, it's you see some of the pricing on certain products and certain species, whether it's like I, I remember through market ups and downs, 
you'd always get into a spot where you, you'd start hearing the term investment levels being thrown around. It's investment levels. God, I'm really, if I get there, I'd invest and I'd, you know, I'd be long and strong and I'd pile it up at there because I can't lose. Like we're at stuff I haven't seen this cheap in five plus years. And that term is like, it's nowhere to be found. I haven't heard it. Right. And so I'd like to bring it back a little bit because I think there's some items right now that it's like, I bought some stuff this, this afternoon, call me if you're interested, that it's like, holy cow, I can't believe I just paid that price for it in a good way. And if I was allowed to, I'd buy as much as I could and, and sit on it because I think it's that great of a deal, but I don't run that kind of business. Got to keep it turning. But bottom line is, if you have the ability, I think there's some items to take advantage of right now and feel fantastic about going into the end of this year and first of next year, because it's either that or it's going to go to zero, right? And I don't think right. that's, I think there's a lot of items out there that are really undervalued. And there's a great opportunity for somebody to, you know, to stock it up a little bit and feel great about it. So call okay. me and call Ken. Awesome. Well, I think that probably wraps up our episode for this week. Justin, Ken, Jeff, thank you so much for your continued expertise and enthusiasm. As always, I've enjoyed our time together. I'll be a brief and look forward to the next installment of Lumber Connection. Thanks, Molly. This has been a Lumber Connection podcast by SBCA. If you have a question you'd like a guest to answer on a future podcast, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com.